I want to talk to you today on the subject of Run to the Roar. Now, at least that's the title of my message this morning. We're going to get right into it. Uh, Run to the Roar. You know, more than 40 times in the Scripture, um, it talks about the roar. And 20 of those, at least half, refers to the king of the forest, the lion, and the lion's roar. Most of the rest refer to the waves of the sea roaring, an expression of, of that loud sound when the, when, the, when the sea is churning, the roar of the sea. But I want to I focus this morning on that roar of the lion. You know, one of the most terrifying sounds in all of uh, the universe is the sound of a lion roaring. I think they got a pig. There's a lion right back there. Now look at that for a minute. That's the, that's the king of the jungle. And that has an audio with it. But I did not have them play the audio because I played it and it scared me. <laughs> and I was just in the office and I was afraid we'd blow a speaker out here this morning if we... Uh, if we let you hear the full volume of the roar, let, let, let me give you an idea. Let me tell you how loud a lion can roar. They can be heard five miles away. Folks, that's louder than your youngins, believe it or not. <laughs> five miles away, you can hear the sound of a lion when it roars. So that is loud. Now, the roar of the lion, actually the, the roar of the lion is, um, is one of his tactics of battle. In fact, it, he uses that as an instrument of, uh, uh, an offensive instrument. His roar is so loud and so strong that, that it just causes uh, confusion all over the animal kingdom within a five-mile radius. Some animals will run. Some animals don't know which direction to run because the sound of the roar of a lion is so loud, you have to focus for a moment to tell from which direction it's coming. The big thing that happens to a lot of animals is that the roar of the lion strikes such fear to them that it paralyzes them. They can't move. They're just frozen which makes them sitting prey or standing prey for the lion. He can just walk up and take them because they're paralyzed by the fear of the roar of the lion. My text today is in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. And uh, let me read that to you. I'm reading from the uh, common English version. Be clear-headed, the apostle Peter said. Keep alert. Your accuser, the devil, is on the prowl like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Listen, folks, we have an enemy. How many of you know that? We have an enemy. And, of course, his name is Satan. And his tactic that he loves to use and uses it perhaps more often than any other, maybe with the exception of deceit. But this tactic he uses 
is, is the tactic of causing paralyzing fear to us. And he will use that any time that he can. That's the roar of Satan, like a lion, the apostle Peter said. It strikes fear to our hearts. And in fact, some people get so paralyzed by the roar of Satan that they can't move. They're, they're paralyzed with fear. The old King James Version, the 1611 version, I love the way it gives this particular verse of Scripture. Let me read it to you. He said, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about or is roaming about seeking whom he may devour. Now, the reason I wanted you to see it from the, the 1611 King James is I want you to focus on that little word may, seeking whom he may devour. You see, the fact is this morning that Satan does not have the legal authority, neither does he even have the power to destroy you because of what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago at Calvary and through the empty tomb. Anybody thankful to God for that today? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So, so the tactic he uses here is to make you think that he can destroy you. Peter said he's seeking whom he may devour. The only way he can devour you is if you stand still and allow him to. He cannot. He doesn't have the authority, neither does he have the power to do it by himself. Now, what I want to do for the next few minutes, I, I want to go back into Scripture. And I want to look first at the natural, and then we'll come back to the spiritual, okay? I'm going to give you three incidents in the Old Testament where someone ran to the roar. In other words, they were not frightened by the roar of the lion. This is physically speaking. This is in the natural. First one I want to bring to you is a guy named Samson. And he's probably familiar to most of you that have read your Bible. You'll find him in the book of Judges. He was one of the judges of Israel. And in chapter 14, verses 5 and 6, you'll find these words. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and his mother. And he came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hands. That's a barehanded battle he had right there, folks. Let's get the story. I, I won't take a lot of time on this, but, but just have Samson's walking along. I don't, he may have been chasing that lion. I don't know. But to his sudden surprise, what this lion turned on him and tried to attack him, but Samson did not run from him. He ran to him, and with his bare hands, he tore him apart. Now, I want you to understand this. When you, when, oftentimes when you think of Samson, you think of this, you know, Mr. Universe, this guy with the big muscles and, uh, you know, make the page of a uh, front page or the cover page of a muscle magazine or something. Now, folks, that was not what Samson looked like. Samson looked pretty much like an ordinary man. It was not his muscle and his brawn that gave him great victory. The key is the next words. The Spirit of the Lord came on him. 
That's how he was able to defeat the lion. That's how he was able to kill a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. That's how he was able to catch foxes and tie their tails together and put bands of fire and turn them loose into the fields of the, of the uh, Philistines. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That's where his power came from. That's where his strength came from. And can I say to you this morning that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And according to the scripture, God is no respecter of persons. That simply means that God loves you as much as he did Samson. Make sure your neighbor gets that. Turn, tell him, God loves you as much as he did Samson. Amen. And, and God will do for you as much as he would do for Samson. And so what we have today is that's why the apostle Peter said that the devil's walking about seeking whom he may devour. Because with the spirit of the Lord this morning, I'm here to tell you folks, you're never going to fa face an enemy. You're never going to face an adversary. You're never going to face a foe that, that, that you do not have more than enough power and authority through the force of the Holy Spirit to defeat them. Glory to God. With your bare hands, the Word of God, you can defeat them. Praise the Lord. Second guy is probably not near as familiar to you. In fact, you may never have heard of him unless you've read very carefully the book of 2 Samuel. This guy's name is Benaiah. And uh, Benai uh, was one of the mighty men of David. David had uh, several hundred mighty men, 400 uh, the, the mighty, had, actually had 600 mighty men at one time. And, 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 and when the scripture, when Samuel, the prophet, starts talking about them, he begins to categorize them. And he begins to say, here's the mighty men that came and followed David. They were great warriors. But out of those, uh, there, were, there were 400 powerful guys. And out of that, he brings it on down to the, to, to the ones, and he starts giving the accolades to, the, to, to groups of them, like maybe 50 of them achieved to this uh, level. And, and he comes all the way down till he brings you to the three top men of strength and power, fearlessness, that were companions of David in his warring years. And one of them was a guy named Benai. And let me read to you from 2 Samuel 23 and 20. The Bible said, Jehoiada's son Benai was a hero from Kabzul, and he performed great deeds. He killed the two sons of Ariel from Moab. By the way, let me stop here and say the reason Samuel mentions those two guys is because these were the two big heroes in the Moabite army. And Benai took care of both of them. He whipped both of them. And then he just adds this little ditty. I, I, I just love this. It's a, there, there's not but I mean, in fact, this is all there is to it. He didn't tell you any details about it. He didn't tell you why. He didn't tell you when. He didn't tell you where. Except he just says, he once went down into a pit and killed a lion on a snowy day. <laughs> Man, this guy's something else. Not only was he not afraid of the biggest warriors of his day from enemy armies and defeated two of the greatest heroes that the Moabites had in their army, but one day he just, out of the clear blue, he just, uh, there, there was a great big old lion 
I don't know how he got in this pit. I don't know whether he fell in it or whether he was running so fast, didn't know it was there, couldn't stop because there was snow on the ground, and just slid down in that pit. But for some reason, there was a lion down in this pit, and he was roaring. So that means he was irritating everybody for about five miles around. And Benaiah got tired of it. And he just went down that pit and whipped that joker. Glory to God. Well, you're talking about fearless. You're talking about fearless. This guy, this guy, he doesn't run from it. He just, he just said, I'm sick and tired of it. I've heard it long enough. I'm not going to hear it anymore. And he just goes, I guess he slid down into that pit. I don't know how he got down in there. He probably went running, just slid down in that thing, ran up to that line, just grabbed him by the chin whiskers and just ripped him to shreds. He ran to the roar. The third one you're familiar with, and it's David himself. This particular passage that I'm going to read to you from 1 Samuel chapter 17 takes place when David is talking to Saul about fighting Goliath. Remember, a lot went on there. David didn't just go out there and, and confront Goliath. He, uh, he actually talked with the King Saul before he went out and confronted Goliath. David had gone to visit his brothers. He had some brothers that were in Saul's army. And he was carrying them some food from his dad. His dad had actually sent him to check on his brothers. See how your brothers are doing? Take them some crackers and cheese and some other uh, uh, snacks there and, and, uh, and just, just bring me back a report on how they're doing. Well, David did that. But when he got there, he heard this big old giant, Goliath, over eight feet tall, making fun of the armies of Israel, challenging them and defying the God of the armies of Israel. And it made David angry. He said, what in the world's wrong with you guys sitting here all dug in in your foxhole, scared of that big old ugly guy out there? So why don't you go out there and whip him? Everybody's afraid of him. He said, I'm not afraid of him. Saul heard about it. And this is the conversation. I'll read verses 32 to 37. Starts off with David talking. Don't let anyone lose courage because of this Philistine, David told Saul. I, your servant, will go out there and fight him. You can't go out and fight that Philistine, Saul said to David. You're still a boy. But he's been a warrior since he was a boy. Your servant has kept his father's sheep, David replied to Saul. And if ever a lion or a bear came to carry off one of the flock, I would go after it, strike it, rescue the animal from its mouth. If he turned on me, I'd grab its jaw, strike it, and kill it. Your servant has fought both lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them because he has insulted the army of the living God. The Lord, David added, who rescued me from the power of both the lions and the bears will rescue me from the power of this Philistine. Now, the narrative of this story in the modern English Sounds like he's just talking about things that have happened in the past, lions and bears. If you read it in the original text, he, he, David literally, physically whipped both a lion and a bear. 
on two different occasions that came to the flock of his dead. So what, he, what he's telling Saul is, is from his own experience. Now notice, notice again, just like it was with Samson, he said, the Lord gave the lion into my hands. The Lord gave the bear into my hands. And the Lord will give Goliath into my hands. He wasn't, he wasn't depending on his own strength. In fact, if, if you'll notice, Saul, when he looked at him, called him a boy. Because he was still, most historians think, still a teenager. Praise God. How many of you are glad that teenagers can whip lions and bears? <laughs> Amen. We got a group just got home from Africa. Thank the Lord. Praise God. Over there doing work for the Lord. We're, we're grateful for that. But, uh, you, listen, you're, you're not too young to fight the devil. Neither are you too old to fight the devil. You may be a teenager or a keenager. It doesn't matter. Which end of the spectrum you're on or anywhere in between, the Spirit of the Lord's available to you. Same Spirit that anointed Samson. Same Spirit that anointed David. Glory to God. Moses said one time, I would God that the all of the Lord's children had the, the, the gift of prophecy. In other words, he's saying, I wish the Holy Spirit would come on all of them. Well, that day was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, read the first few verses, amen? The first four verses, the, the Holy Spirit, he's available for everybody today. There's not a person under the sound of my voice this morning that cannot receive the gift and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to give you victory over whatever enemy comes against you. God's able to do it, amen? So, so David said, I, 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 I've been here before. I know what I'm doing. And you know the rest of the story. This time it wasn't a lion roaring, but it was Goliath roaring. Came out there roaring and spouting off his big mouth about what he would do to the armies of Israel. David, the Bible said, I love this about David. <laughs> when, when Goliath saw him, he made fun of him. When he did, David started running towards it. The Bible said he ran towards Goliath. Run to the roar, amen. He ran towards Goliath, winding up that slingshot. He said, you Philistine, you said, you come out against me with a sword and a spear. I've come against you with the name of almighty God, whom you've defiled. In a few minutes, I'm going to cut your head off. And then I'm going to deliver your whole army that's backing you up. They're all going to fall today. Ran towards the battle. Glory to God. And you know the rest of the story. That eight-foot giant fell, and David cut his head off and came home with a victory for all of Israel. Amen. Now, I want to give you a principle, and then I'm going to give you the conclusion of this message and three things that you need to learn to do when you're fighting the enemy. Here's, here's a principle I want you to get. Run from temptation, but run to the battle. 
I know some of you may be sitting here while I've been preaching on this running to the roar. You may be saying, well, I, I thought we were supposed to run from temptation. You are. Joseph is a perfect example. When, when Potiphar's wife grabbed a hold of his coat and was demanding that he commit an immoral act with her, he ran from that temptation. That's what you're supposed to do. The Bible says, flee worldly lust that war against the flesh. There's a time to run away, and that's from temptation. Every man is tempted, James says, when he's drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Those things that the enemy will bring to you tempting your flesh, you should run from those things. That's when you run away. Run away from those temptations. Run away from the fleshly lust. Run away from those things that, that, that tempt you, but you run to the battle when the enemy comes against you. When he starts trying to strike fear to your heart, that's, that, that's, when, that's when you run to the battle. I want to put that up again, that, that principle there, because I want you to read it with me. I want you to say it with me. Run from temptation, but run to the battle. Say that with me. Run from temptation, but run to the battle. Say it again. Run from temptation, but run to the battle. The battle. And all of us are fighting a battle today. So I want to take you back to my text in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. I want to read it again to you. Be clear-headed, keep alert. Your accuser, the devil, is on the prowl like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Three things that you need to do. I want to leave you with this. I want you to take this with you this week. I want you to do it this morning right here in this service. I want you to do it tomorrow. I want you to do it the next day, every day this week. First thing I want, to, I want you to do is to keep alert. Keep alert. That's a good message from the Apostle Peter. Be alert. Stay alert. Keep alert. Keep on your guard. Did you know that most accidents happen because people get careless? Did you know that? They're not fully alert. By the way, that's why they just passed a law in Georgia that you can't text and drive. That you got to, if you talk on your phone, you got to keep your hands free. Because of all the accidents that have happened when somebody looks off just long enough to read a text. Or looks off long enough to just try to hit a few letters to answer a text. Or looks off long enough trying to dial a phone number or punch in a... Listen, when you're riding 55 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour, when you look off for two or three seconds, you're covering a lot of ground, a lot of ground. And, and, and you need to stay alert. You need to stay alert. I was on I-20 the other day, and, and the, <laughs> this lady was, was in the lane beside of me, and she was going slower than me which most people do. But so, uh, so I, 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 I just, I run to the roar. Uh, so, so I, I was going to, I was going to, you know, just kind of ease on buyer. And when I started to ease on buyer, she started moving over my lane. So I backed off a little bit here and, uh, she got a hold of wig, got kind of jerked back and, and I eased up again and, and she came 
back again. And this time she didn't, she come completely into my lane and sat there a minute. And then she went off into the median and her car started fishtailing. I thought sure she was going to flip it. Fortunately, she didn't. She was sound asleep at the wheel. And when she got a hold, when she woke up and got a hold of herself, she put on her flashers and, and sat there until she could get herself back together. Peter said, be alert, be alert. How many actually, that woman could have hit me. Thank the Lord she didn't. Uh, she could have turned her car over and killed herself because she was not alert. Instead, she was asleep. Paul talked about these last days in which we're now living. And he said, awake, be alert, be on your guard. It's it's time to, it's time to stay alert to what's going on. Listen, folks, the first thing you need to do, this is no time to sleep. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. This is no time to play church. This is no time to mess around and take a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of the world. If you're planning on going to heaven when the trumpet of God sounds, you need to get serious about serving God. And you need to stay awake and alert and aware because the enemy is about now prowling, looking for somebody that he may desire. So keep alert. It's first thing. Second thing you need to do is resist the devil. Resist him. Glory to God. Resist him. That's what Samson did. Well, that lion turned on him. He didn't run. He just resisted him. He stood firm. The apostle James said, listen to this. Listen to this. The apostle James said, if you will resist the devil, he will flee from you. <laughs> that roaring lion knows that Jesus has already pulled his teeth, disarmed him, and defeated him. All he can do is roar and try to get you to stand still while he beats you up. But if you'll resist him, he'll run. He'll leave. That's what the Bible said. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Glory to God. And it, it's time, some of you sitting here under the sound of my voice this morning, the devil's been beating you around the same bush for the last 15 years. He's been j telling you the same old lies. He's been roaring at you with the same old things that's causing fear to your heart. And instead of running towards him and defeating him, you run from him. And he just keeps chasing you and chasing you with the same old mess and the same old lie and the same old habit and the same old Thing that you've been defeated with over and over and over and over again. It's time in the name of Jesus that you turn around and face him and say, I resist you, devil, in the name of Jesus. And when you do, he's going to take off. And that's when you chase him. Glory to God. You run him down if you have to run him into a pit and jerk him by the whiskers and defeat him. You can defeat the enemy this morning because the fact is he's already defeated through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, all you got to do is stand in the power that he has given us through his name and through his spirit and you can defeat him. Which is number three, run to the roar. Just run to the roar. Those three things, I'm going to give them to you again. Keep alert, resist the devil, and run to the roar. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to pray, and I'm going to ask the prayer team to come.
Before we pray, I want to remind you of a, of a man in the Old Testament by the name of Jehoshaphat. He was the leader of the children of Israel at the time. And he was surrounded by three confederated armies, three of them, each one of them bigger than him. So he was outnumbered at least three to one. You know what Jehoshaphat did? He didn't run from them. He put the singers and the worshipers right out in front of the army and ran right straight into the heart of the enemy army, praising God, just praising God, just praising God. He, he, just, he just went out there praising God, glory to God, glory to God. And if you've read your Bible, you know the rest of the story. They defeated that army. They just ran out praising the Lord. Remember Gideon? Gideon went against an army that was so massive in multitude that you couldn't even count them. And he didn't have but 300 men. He stopped backpedaling and started running towards them in the name of Jehovah God. And he defeated them. He defeated them. Last Sunday morning, a lady came to me after church. If you're here this morning, you, you might want to raise your hand while I'm, I, I, I recognize you. Make sure I get this story right. But a lady came to me after church last Sunday. And she said, Pastor, I just want to tell you, my son had a horrible attack the other day with a kidney stone, passing blood, awful. And he was in so much pain that, that he just wreathing in pain. Some of you have birthed some of those kidney stones. You know what I'm talking about, painful? Yeah, I see some heads shaking. You, you, some of you know what that's like. That, they tell me that is really, really, really painful. And this guy was really going through it. They took him to the hospital, the emergency room. And, of course, the emergency room was running over that night. And so he sat there, breathing in pain, hour by hour. I think five hours had gone by. They finally did put him on a bed in the hallway to kind of get him out from the crowd there. But again, he was still just wreathing in pain. And uh, his mother told me last Sunday, said, I did everything I knew to do. She said, my heart was breaking for my son. I was praying for, I did everything I knew to do. And she said, don't know why I didn't think about it earlier, but said after we'd been there five hours, I believe it was. She said, suddenly I remembered that a couple Sundays ago, you told us that we could praise our way through anything. And she said, I just put all embarrassment or intimidation and all that stuff behind me. And I just walked up to my son and I said, we're going to praise our way through this. And she said, we just started praising God right there in the hallway. She, we just, we just, glory to God. She said, we just attacked the enemy with praise. And she said the pain instantly stopped. He was fine. They finally did get to him, wanted to cystoscope him. He said, no, I'm going home. 
She said he passed the kidney stone without any more pain or problem. They ran to the roar. Took the praise of God and just went right into the teeth of the enemy and said, take that devil. I'm not afraid of you and your lies. And glory to God, you've been defeated and I'm just praising God for the victory. Hallelujah. I don't know who you are. Probably several of you today that need to take a step of faith and come to this altar. You need it. You, you've, you've run from the devil. You've run from this problem that you're dealing with. You've run from this addiction. You've run from this defeat. You've run the wrong way long enough. And this morning, you need to take a step of faith right towards this altar. And you need to say, in the name of Jesus, I'm running to the roar. I'm not going to be intimidated by the devil any longer. I'm not going to shriek in fear of what he's saying or trying to do to me. I'm tired of it. I'm going to stand in victory today because my Lord Jesus bought the victory for me 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. I rose from the dead three days later holding the keys of victory in his hand and gives them to me. Hallelujah. I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to be defeated another day. Not another day. If that's you, I want you to I want you to come to the altar today. We got people that'll join you and just praise God with you. Praise the Lord. If you need Spanish, we got a couple over here to pray with you in Spanish. Whatever you need. If you're unsaved, come give your heart to Jesus. If you're backslidden, come home this morning. If you got a financial need, a physical need, a material need, a relational need, whatever the need is. Or if you're battling with something, the devil keeps roaring at you. Stop him this morning. Resist him and turn around and give praise to God for the glory of God. The altar's open. God bless you as you respond.